0: hey everybody welcome to the week three episode of we live for saturdays joined here by chris and macu as always and what a week two i feel like we're finally getting into the swing of things there's no week zero anymore there's no uh just sort of getting into the swing of things with week one week two was a great week of college football i know it was a lot of fun to see colorado
1: keep things up
0: but how, how are you guys doing chris and macu today
1: fantastic I'm doing, buddy yeah we're doing great like you said i think we're starting to get in the swing of things i aren't we i think we're two and oh as a podcast pod pod who has joined us yes so we're, we're we got our mojo and chemistry going as well
2: that's a key part of it all i'm happy to be uh happy to be on the train again apologies for missing that first one but uh but very excited that we're now in the full swing of things and we're really taking off here so I think we're up to, you guys said, 90 total uh, listeners since we've it's launched. Going up. Over, keep it going. Exactly. We'll just keep pumping those numbers. Our goal is 5 million by the end of the season. So uh, keep listening. Let's keep us it. Keep sharing, friends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And put, a, put I guess have a couple notes as far as what really stood out to us as far as week two before we of course go into our week three plays and favorite games that we're excited to to talk about and maybe even predict on our end but really there were a lot of entertaining games last weekend I know I mentioned Colorado previously excited to hear what y'all are uh what, what y'all enjoyed watching but as a Big Ten alum Big Ten podcast we're pretty uh we're pretty um tuned in to the teams across the big 10. And what stood out to me is two weeks in a row, somewhat disappointing or slow starts from Michigan and Ohio state. Obviously they're a top five team in the country, both of them. And I'm not worried for their CFP chances by any means, but both of them are now 0 and two against the spread. They were combined favored by a total of 83 points last weekend and neither covered. Thanks a lot, Michigan for that late touchdown. (laughs) given up to UNLV. So that was a, a little quiet story. I know Ohio state struggled a little bit in the first half against Indiana and then they pulled away a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, if they keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going that trends, they could be on upset alert maybe in, in early, uh, early conference play. But well, Chris, what is uh, what's the first thing that stood out to you about week two?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had similar thoughts. I think, you know, we're heading into week three now. It's getting to that point of the season of, okay, you've seen a few of these teams play, but it's obviously still in the early going. You don't know what's an overreaction and what is, and obviously Colorado, Ralphie came flying out of the gates, you know, and they have impressed. How legit are they? Um, and then obviously you already mentioned Michigan and Ohio state, Texas going down and beating Alabama, um, Alabama losing, you know, 10 points. they, it wasn't obviously a blowout by any means, but that was a, not a fluky win, you know. And then Clemson, Clemson struggled, you know. I mean, obviously there was a few lucky plays for Charleston Southern, but the fact that I even had to mention the words Charleston Southern playing Clemson, that's that's not impressive. So you're starting to, th- you know, it's early, but you can't help but think to yourself, is there a changing of the guard happening? You know, are there some new teams coming up and new teams dropping?
2: I couldn't agree more. Um, Great little recap there, Chris. I like how you split the Texas-Alabama game into individual games for both Texas and Alabama. Uh, Mm -hmm. But no, that that was definitely probably the game of the week. I think that had close to like 9 million viewers on TV. I just saw some numbers today. And Colorado was like barely behind that, the Colorado-Nebraska game. And if you told me six months ago that the Colorado-Nebraska game was going to be the Second biggest game after Texas Alabama this week. I'd say you're insane, but credit to Colorado. Obviously, we know. I think we're along with the rest of the continental United States here cheering on Coach Prime and uh, and Colorado. They're just a fun team on paper, and they they obviously got it done. But quickly back to to Sammy's point he started off with um, couldn't agree more with the Michigan and Ohio State breakdown. I'm just I have a suspicion in mind that I think Michigan is more. You know they're technically without Harbaugh, even though he lingers over that program quite a quite a bit in his suspension, but he'll be back soon. I think they're just kind of, you know, press and pause for now. I think they're not trying to blow people out. I think they're a quiet confidence, while Ohio State, yeah. on the other hand, had a QB battle. I think Kyle McCord just came out as the defined starter today. I think it was announced or yesterday. But uh, I think I have a lot more questions on Ohio State. I'm curious. They got a easy matchup this week, as everybody does. Or we'll obviously get to a lot of those matchups, but um, they got Notre Dame looming large in Week Four, so that's going to be make or break for for a lot of uh, a lot of points on on the Columbus faithful there. So we shall see.
0: Yeah, and only other only other thing that stood out to me from Week Two. Jimbo Fisher better thank his lucky stars for his millions and million dollar buyout that he had in his contract, because if he was anywhere else or any other coach, he would have been gone last year. Um, I think that team in that program, if if I'm a Texas A&M fan, I am extremely frustrated. You're consistently getting top five recruiting classes for, I feel, five straight years at this point. And. Last year they barely had a winning record, and right now it looks like the same same situation, same team this year. Just a bunch of talent, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of defense. Obviously, based on um, Miami's offense scoring forty eight, but just not a strong program right now when they should have that talent to be a strong program in the SEC. So definitely a question mark, and um, not a, not a great look for Jimbo. But who knows how long he'll be there. So true. Yeah.
1: And and wanted to mention a few other teams as well. Ole Miss, that was that was a, a pick we had last week. They took care of business against Tulane after getting down early. Um and and I know McCo, this is your team, right? Oregon State. They're they're looking strong. They're DJ looking strong.
2: Galella, I believe. Hope it for yes. that as a lot of people do. Uh No, I wouldn't say they're my team. Let's pump the brakes a little bit there. I'm not staying up. They're not Kansas. I'm not staying up to watch the the boys from Corvallis very frequently. But, hey, I mean. (laughs) You should. Again, you you put yourself in a time machine. You go back even a year or two and you say Oregon State is a top 16. I think they're 16th right now. That's just a wild statement to even be said. So, credit to, uh, I think, Jonathan Smith is the coach, I want to say. And uh, I think DJ picked an awesome landing spot. I think he obviously realized the uh things weren't going as smoothly in Clemson and I think he was uh, a little bit on the nose there it looks like a bit of a down season I mean you kind of mentioned it they, they struggled in the first quarter first you know first third of the game I'd say they obviously pulled mm-hmm. away from Charleston Southern but I think there are some uh, some questions there as well so so that's the exciting part of this year after week two you're starting to see which teams are legitimately great and which teams legitimately are a uh, cause for concern maybe
0: Yeah, absolutely. I saw a TikTok the other day where it really has the recipe for a great season. I know that's probably said every year, but I feel like there's some new teams, some old teams that are usually good that might have some question marks that could lead to some good upsets. Um, I know in week one, we already had that fun upset, um, with, with Duke beating Clemson. That was probably the biggest shock of the week, um, that, that week one, but Overall, yeah, a lot of good stories coming out of week two and then coming into week three here.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of week three, oh, yeah. Hold
2: on one more team before we move a little bit too fast. I'm going to go out to the Midwest for you, boys. Um, You may think I'm talking Iowa, Iowa State, but unfortunately, that went uh, exactly as everybody predicts every single (laughs) year in and out. It's just uh, a, a brutal demise for. For Iowa State, no matter how hard they play that game, I feel for them. I love watching that team. we have been out there a couple times. Iowa um, just got it done, so credit to them. But the other team, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the boys from Kansas State. I think oh. a little bit under the radar. I think they're, I want to say, 12 or 13 ranked coming after week two. They've handled their business the first couple weeks. Not crazy competition, but they uh, – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they knocked off uh, TCU twice last year. I know certainly they did it in the conference yes. championship game, and TCU still got vaulted into the playoff for playing really well. But they're a fun team. I believe they return a lot of of the same pieces from last year. Definitely the quarterback, Will Howard, who I have a little bit later on, a note on possibly Dark Horse Heisman talk. So uh, we'll get to that later on. But I just want to give them some love. I think they're uh, they're having a great start to the year, and I don't see – a lot of hurdles for them minus obviously texas we'll we'll get to that when the time comes
1: quick question who would you guys rather jump on the bandwagon with k-state the little apple manhattan kansas or um oregon state and by the way one more fact on oregon state you know your favorite acronym uh stat McCoo, havoc oh yes not an acronym at all chris thank you for the reminder <laughs> <laughs> oh how silly of me oregon state Early going here, I know. Number one on Defensive Havoc and number three on Offensive Havoc, which is really Havoc Allowed. That's so a, That's a chaotic team right there. exciting teams,
2: yes. I respect that. Uh, I, I, still, I, I pulled them up, so I'm going to go K-State for the time being, mainly because I don't see myself as a 32-year-old now staying up to 1 a.m. to watch uh, Oregon State play many games. It's a business but decision. I will, I will keep my eye on them, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll... Uh... I'll echo that. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon of, of Kansas state. Only negative one is their mascot. It's always creeped me out. Just the human, <laughs> the human with the mascot head, um, fun to play with an NCAA 14, but not fun to watch on the sidelines. So he was a
1: menace <laughs> coming off the edge. <laughs>
0: I, I just looked at Kansas State's schedule. I am disappointed that they don't play Oklahoma. I feel like they always upset Oklahoma on a noon game on a Saturday, so that's a little that's bit true. disappointing. But they do play Texas on November 4th, so you never know.
2: To keep like an eye on. You are right about the Oklahoma matchup. I've seen many a, a bet go awry when I bet on Oklahoma to cover, and they always lose outright. I've seen some onside kicks take some proper bounces, and they uh, they're always in it, so.
0: Absolutely. And going into week three here um, after a great in-depth recap of week two, if I don't say so myself week three, Looking ahead, there's a lot of good games. I wouldn't say there's a lot yeah, of great games. I don't um, think there's
2: a lot of good games either. <laughs> there's, a not, games. There's, a games. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> games. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of games. That's fine.
0: There's no huge marquee matchups. There's actually no ranked matchups at all. I think last week we had hmm. like two or three ranked matchups. Um, but. If we were in a different year, they could be college game day worthy games. Top 15 teams like the first one we'll talk about is Tennessee, Florida. Those teams could easily be a top 15 team in other years, but um, not this week. So overall, um, kicking it off with that game, Tennessee, Florida, it is going to be. In Florida, at Florida, Tennessee is a seven-point favorite, and that total is fifty-seven and a half. So that's a thirty-two to twenty-five game. Overall, I, outside of the Utah game, I didn't watch Florida last week. Obviously, against McNeese State, that's not uh, the the big priority on my TV. But overall, I did watch a little bit of the Tennessee struggle against Austin P in the first half last week. I think it was like thirteen to six or something at halftime.
2: Oh, you and me.
0: Their offense just can't get going right now. I think they missed they, they lost a lot of pieces on the outside and then of course Joe Milton played a little bit late last year, but he's he's their guy this year and um I think their 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 offense will get there. It's just not there right now. Um at least through the first two games. So overall um my my first thought is Both of these teams kind of have something to prove they've kind of had a slow start to the to the to the season little down so far if if, if, in terms of the fan expectations but I do think that Tennessee's defense um, is a lot better than Graham Mertz and some of the pieces on Florida's offense so I do think that that's the difference maker here but McCoo what's your what's your initial read on this game.
2: Uh, I'd like to take the under of that total, and I think I want to take Florida plus a plus a touchdown. I just, yeah, I was very dissuaded by uh, Tennessee's performance against Austin p i think that's a team you pay anywhere north of five hundred grand to come in, so you can kind of slap them around a little bit and you know really fine tune some things uh, professionally, of course. Um, but no, they just did not do that at all. I think. Uh, Awesome Peay even scored a touchdown and may have had a chance to make it like a 10-point game really late. So that was a alarming score to see. Um, that was a disappointing score to bet on when you're taking Tennessee to, to really give it to them. So, again, tough uh, tough all around. And uh, I'm an impulsive man, and I'm fully off Tennessee until they prove me wrong. So I'm going to take uh, Florida at home. I just feel like there's a natural, I don't want to say hatred, but a strong dislike, maybe hatred, depending on which side you're on between these two teams, I feel like they always have some battles mm-hmm. on and off the field. And I'm curious to see uh, how things go this time around, but until I'm proved wrong, I'll take uh, some experience with Florida with, with Graham Merce and the boys and, and see how things work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good points. I mean, and, and you're right. I think this is obviously this isn't a top tier rivalry, but I think it's a very strong one. Um, you know, but, but looking at the, I, my initial gut was you know Tennessee's the best the best team. They're the better team here, touchdown, but you know just like anything in college football, anything can happen with a you know a touchdown in either direction. Um, and this is a close rivalry game. I think this game's going to be competitive. Um, did you know that Florida has won 30 of the last 40 matchups in this rivalry and 16 of the last 18. Um, that can't feel good if you're Tennessee. Obviously they got them last year. Um, Tennessee did. Tennessee's the better team. I actually am leaning the over here. I think they get it clicking a little bit. You already mentioned um, <clears throat> you already mentioned you know the quarterback being in there. I, I think they're gonna smooth it out a little more. Uh, Florida has a pretty decent ground game. Graham Mertz isn't obviously anything special, but I I, I just this strikes me as a little bit of a back and forther. Um I I'm gonna lean the over and I'm probably gonna stay away from a side because Tennessee if they show up, they're the more talented team. I think they can cover that, but this is a rivalry game. Florida's gonna, you know, try to gut it out as best they can. I think that's why I'm gonna probably do a a, a total instead of a side here, and I'm leaning the over actually.
2: Fun nice. game to watch either way. Yes, agreed.
0: Yeah, I feel like this was a game day game last year, uh, or at least two years ago. I remember that stat about Florida's just dominance over Tennessee over over the recent Mm -hmm. years. But shocker, Sam's going to take another uh, one of his weekly teasers on on this game (laughs) where I'm with you, Maku. I do like the defense specifically on the Tennessee side, so... Six point teaser uh, gets us to 63 and a half. So I'll take the under on that. But then that also gets us to Tennessee minus one. So basically a money line, Tennessee. I think Florida could keep it close, but I think Tennessee does come out with the win. So Tennessee minus one and under 63 is my lean. I don't think it's going to be an official one, but I do like that one there. No pod pod yet. No pod pod yet. And speaking of last week's pod pod. The, the marquee matchup, the college game day game of the week at a good old 10 o'clock Eastern or 1030 Eastern is Colorado State at Colorado. Colorado's 22 and a half point favorite, which is massive, and then total is 59. So that's a 41 to 18 game. So like I mentioned, night game, college game day, place is going to be bumping after following up on that big TCU upset with ne- that Nebraska win. Um Colorado State statistically is one of the worst defenses in the country through the first two weeks. I think Colorado's absolutely going to sc- score at least 35. That I know that line is 41, but if they can score 36 or whatever it was against Nebraska's defense, Colorado State is no Nebraska. So, overall I'm I'm very excited to watch um my Buffs here uh, on on Saturday night, but Chris, what do you what do you think here?
1: Oh man! All right. Well, I kind of feel bad because I feel like I'm going against the grain with these first two picks. I have been on the Colorado bandwagon. I have. Um, by the way, I think this game has shifted another point in Colorado's favor. I know you were looking at it with 22 and a half. It's 23 and a half. Um, I'm just gonna get right to it. I'm gonna see if we can wait and catch a 24. I'm going to be on Colorado state. Um, I think Colorado, obviously they have all the firepower. Um, They're exciting. I mean, I, I want, that was our first uh, Instagram poll, by the way, thanks for to everyone who participated on what the ceiling of Colorado might be. Um, That kind of engagement's fun, but um, you know, I like Colorado state here and the main reason is the spot. So We obviously can – we've seen that Dion can motivate the guys. That's, you know, that's no secret. But they're coming off two big Power 5 teams, big win against TCU, big win against Nebraska. They have next week Oregon and the week after that USC. So this is the little sandwich um, by their, I'm sure, what they call little brother – Uh, Colorado State so and Colorado State did not have a game last week so they have had two weeks to prepare for the David and Goliath matchup here I think they can keep it a little close Colorado State while nothing fancy they they have improved in the portal over the offseason whereas they were expected to be the bottom of the Mountain West last year they're more middle of the road even a long shot to do quite well. They disappointed versus Washington state in the first spot, uh, first game, but I just like the spot. I, I, I think Colorado isn't quite as up as we thought. I'll probably eat these words, but I just find it interesting and I'm probably going to go with Colorado state. Sorry to be a little bit of a buzzkill. I
2: don't think that's a buzzkill at all, Chris. Okay, I think that's cool. a, uh, an honest, a very, a very good take very strong take to go against the, uh, As I said, America's darling right now. I think everybody has kind of watched Colorado and cheered them on and at least had taken some sort of interest. I don't know anybody out there that's already preying on their downfall. I guess maybe if you're formerly, you know, back in the 90s, you hated Deion Sanders as a football player, and now you're never going to cheer for him. But those are the only folks I can think of. Um, That all being said, I don't have much to add other than I'm going to take Colorado by a million. And uh, Chris, (laughs) you're, you're right about the spot. You're definitely right about the look ahead. Um, I think that 23 and a half, I'd hammer that right now. I think there's no <laughs> shot that their defense can slow down Shadur and Travis Hunter playing both ways and all the, uh, as Jimmy Horn that's also catching passes. He's pretty electric. He's fun to watch. So, and uh, Dylan Edwards, I want to say, is a running back that seems to be, you know, kind of flying out of the backfield and running all over the place. So, I, uh, I don't see much in the way of, what do you say, Sammy, the worst defense in the country after uh, a couple weeks? <laughs> don't Stopping, quote me on um, that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stopping, again, America's darling uh, with Colorado right now. So I think the train keeps going. I'm very excited, very much looking forward to those next couple games. But yeah, even if they don't cover, they're still going to dominate the win. So, yeah. Um, may not may not actually bet on it but uh but no they're gonna they're gonna beat up
1: on them that was a very cordial disagreement by like you're like, <laughs> that's, you're that's like you I know did. this was excellent analysis really good thoughts but you're wrong um <laughs> yes, yeah, i try to
2: do that yes
1: yes yes
0: and a back-to-back teaser from my end i'm <laughs> i'm i'm and this is the last one i promise but I like Colorado minus 16 and a half and over 53. I think they can score 50 by themselves, so we just need a touchdown from from Colorado State um and then that You're going to get that. I just <laughs> I just hate laying over 3 touchdowns when it's against like a solid team. I guess just like maybe not a solid team, a bigger team. You just um, said they were
2: the worst defense. <laughs> the
0: it's it's different laying 28 against like austin p or whatever but like and that was a mistake but overall (laughs) yeah uh, but i i just hate laying that big number so i i like the minus 16 and a half so a little quick uh double teaser lean there
2: there we go you could do sammy combine those two teasers together get more points more cash out there you go t's t's (laughs) t's pod pod t's (laughs) t's
1: if only we could throw something in about havoc there but never mind (laughs) (laughs)
2: moving
0: on (laughs) moving on (laughs) to 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 the next game here weird game honestly and i know we we didn't talk about it in the recap but that unc app state game was was fun to watch not surprised that it went to overtime whatsoever they i feel like they always do or at least in the past two years they have but UNC is hosting Minnesota this weekend. US, UNC is minus seven and that total is 49. So that's a 28 to 21 game. Only thing I have to say here is I guess two things. So I was not entirely impressed with Drake may there's, there was some Heisman conversations. There was some big quarterback conversations. I was not blown away by his game against app state. And then. I am by far not, not blown away by Minnesota's defense. Um, They or offense, excuse me. They cannot score for the life of them. So I do have a pick later on, but curious what, what Mike, you got, you you got to think here after, uh, after that app state overtime game.
2: Yeah, I very much enjoyed that game. I feel like those teams, whether they're, you know, one's coming in six and oh, one's coming in 6 one six. They'll always have a battle for the ages and kind of another understated rivalry that doesn't get, you know enough national headlines but again i I think in the last say seven or eight years i think app state's always been you know a very competitive team and always fielding a a solid team say for maybe uh one or two years out of those um and yeah unc is you know consistently pretty pretty above average i'd say so they uh they match up very well and they always you know they again have that in-state little back and forth so fun game to watch last week i can't say i don't uh don't see much of the same happening with uh, you know how Minnesota's had the first couple weeks ago they are a very slow team they're a very under happy team they like to slow people down and not score a lot of points um, I think UNC is gonna you know play it at home they're they're not gonna see them as too much of a threat and I think they're gonna take care of business pretty easily but I can't say I have too much advanced analytics on the, uh, the Minnesota program these days other than PJ Fleck is still rowing his boat all over the place. So Chris, what do you got?
1: Yeah. um, I don't know. I don't like this game really. Um, UNC, I had a lot of similar thoughts to you guys. Minnesota is slow. Their offense is not that exciting. UNC can't stop anybody, but they do have some offensive firepower. Um, I would lean UNC in this game, but um, I don't love it. And I think my biggest takeaway was I just found out that Drake May was Luke May's brother. So that's um, you know the, the, the basketball player. So yeah. I should have known that long ago. But I'm sure this guy throws a better spiral.
2: And Luke May was taller and better at shooting uh, threes <laughs> from the corner. So <laughs> probably. <laughs>
0: and and my my pick here echoing everybody um i'm taking minnesota team total under 21 um if they only scored 25 last week against eastern michigan which i think they had 0 through the first quarter or something like that so i think north carolina's defense is sneaky average if not better um in some aspects not not in all but I do think that Minnesota can't score three touchdowns. Um, So I I like that one there. And I think that one's going to be an official one, but we'll summarize it there at the end. And um, next one here is going to be Washington at Michigan State. So there's a lot of non-football news coming through East Lansing here for the Michigan State side. This is an entertaining game. It was entertaining last year, um, but really what makes it entertaining is Michael Penix. We talked about him last week. Huge Heisman, um, hopeful, a lot of offense, a lot of passing yards. Uh, Chris, what do you got here?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Washington is quickly becoming, well, they're they're getting recognized as a really good team here, obviously. And uh, Michigan State is a team headed, obviously, in a, other direction and it just got worse this past week with all the news around Mel Tucker with uh, the investigation and his firing or, well, I think technically it's a suspension, but that's a formality. He's done um, over, you know, the sexual harassment charges, just awful. Uh, What a fall from grace from him. I mean, he, he got his huge contract and it's been sort of just downhill ever since. And um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be an emotional game and, Really not the kind of atmosphere that you you want to be with Michigan State here hosting a really high-powered Washington team. Um, I like you said, Michael Penix, he's electric. Uh, I, I think they're going to score here. Um, what'd you say, 16? Yeah, I'm going to take Washington on this side. Like I said, I don't feel, I don't feel like this is a uh, an atmosphere where you know. And frankly, I don't think the the, the guys really liked uh, Mel Tucker. I mean, even before this, he never gave off those, uh, you know, warm. He was a player's coach type guy. And obviously now there's no reason to play for him whatsoever. So I, I think Washington, these are two teams headed in different directions. I'm all on the Huskies.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, like you said, unfortunate news out of uh, Michigan State. Um, you know, always tough when head coaches get caught up in uh, in some scandals, which uh, you know we're, we've uh, we've we've gone through in our in our past as uh, Big Ten fellow fans from Penn State. So, uh, not one to uh, to throw too much judgment on, on Tucker, but I, I do agree with you. You know, until obviously the news and the results and everything come out. But no. Um, you know the biggest thing is that's I agree with you. They're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, Washington's on the up and up; they keep on going up. I love Michael Penix this year, like a lot of people do. I don't, I don't put him quite in that, uh, in the Heisman conversation quite yet until he has some, uh, I'd say, more marquee wins and marquee matchups. But um, Michigan State playing at Michigan State—is that right, Sammy? They're playing in La- in East Lansing. Yep.
0: Last year was uh, at Washington in Week Three, so a little home and home action
2: i love it i nice. like when teams do that and agree i feel like they always make those deals like 12 years in advance and you're like oh notre dame's playing clemson in 2055 and you're like can't wait uh but that one finally uh finally developed and they they're on the, the second leg of it so um but no i have washington here in a landslide just like i just said i feel like if michigan was michigan state was top of their game right now they could probably make it a little bit closer but too much uh, off-field distractions and just a, a tough way to rally in such a short amount of time. So that's what I got.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that game last year, Washington won 39, 28. So there was some offense in that game, but Washington dominated the entire time they were up by like 20 at halftime. So, and last year, Washington's a better team than what they were last year Michigan State's probably a worse team than what they were last year so I don't know what the spread was last year but yeah I think definitely on the right side on that one um, or on the same side as you guys one weird pick that I like on this one is the first quarter under 13 so Overall, Michigan State has yet to score a point in the first quarter through the first two weeks, and then wow. Washington averages seven um, within the first two weeks in the first quarter. I see a slow start. All you really need is a couple punts to, to get that under. I just see maybe a turnover, maybe an early turnover, something like that. So I it's uh, a weird bet. I don't think I've ever done a quarter before, so let it ride. I love it. And um, last main one we have here is going to be the backyard brawl. So let's go. Pitt at West Virginia, the return of the backyard brawl. Pitt is a one point favorite, and that total is 50 and a half. So that's about a 25 to 24 point game. So my first and in, uh, initial reaction or read on this game was as a Penn State fan, I was. Frustrated as a Penn State fan playing against West Virginia, but I was honestly somewhat impressed of how they hung around, at least to the first half or so. Um, Helped with a couple missed kicks, things like that from our end. But overall, West Virginia hung around against us, and then they covered 38 points against Duquesne last week. Um, Meanwhile, Pitt lost to Cincinnati last week as well. So I do think in a rivalry like this with a close spread, home field will be a big factor here um even if these teams aren't up to where they have been in the past this is always going to be a huge rivalry out there so uh chris i know i know you're excited about this one what do you got
1: yeah this is one of those rivalries and i'll touch on it when we get to our uh, traditions here in a little bit but um this is one of those good rivalries that unfortunately the the conference realignment broke up for a little bit about 10 11 years the backyard brawl um minus one, pit minus one. I mean, I'm on the West Virginia side here. Like you said, with them playing Penn state, they were able to move the ball. They, their run game was pretty impressive. Um, I think for that reason alone and the fact that it's at home in Morgantown, I'm on the Mountaineers. I like them here.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously we kind of got that firsthand experience to watch West Virginia up close. Obviously that was week one. So a little bit of a slow rollout you know at least I say that optimistically being on our side of the uh, all of the sidelines but uh, no West Virginia can definitely be a, a little bit of a pesky team and I think honestly Pitt is Pitt is in that same boat I don't know how you know dominance or, or under the radar they've been this this far so far this year but I think um, you know that's just has a, the most natural rivalry in all of uh, in all of college football right there so again never a big headline but uh, but that's always a closely watched game and really um, kind of the heart and soul of that region of the country so that will be a lot of fun to to see them get back to battling it out on the gridiron um i think you know i honestly don't have a, a crazy pick one way or the other i think i'd rather just sit back and enjoy it uh but no i was kind of impressed from uh from west virginia what i saw from them they're like i said a pesky team and i'm expecting the same from both sides so we'll see how that uh, how that shakes out
0: Yeah, absolutely. I lean West Virginia a little bit, being at home and and just honestly watching them more than I have watched Pitt. So it'll be fun to watch, but we'll see what happens. But before we wrap it up, share our pod pod and and share our uh, traditions, but any other games stand out to you guys before we do that?
2: I mean, I just got a a couple big ones down south. These are usually more marquee when they're obviously both ranked or uh, or one team's really off to a great start or of course, when they're later in the season. But you got uh, Mississippi State playing LSU. Um, I think Mississippi State has a lot of offensive firepower, and I, I think the defense is okay enough. Um, but uh, LSU still has um, the quarterback there. Is it Jalen Daniels? Am I getting that right? Yep. Um, I think so. I'm, conv- I'm confusing him with the Kansas guy too. Uh, but they're both, uh, both really dynamic athletes. They, they're all over the fields. Um, so that will be an interesting game. I think very high-scoring. Like, South Carolina's playing Georgia, and Georgia hasn't really challenged themselves at all this year. I, I doubt they're going to need to. I, I think they're going to still roll to 12-0 like they've done the last several years. Um, not many teams are up to par with them, but South Carolina is going to give them everything they got like they've done the last couple years. And then the, uh, the very last one I want to mention, um, Syracuse is playing Purdue. And I don't know if you guys have noticed cause I barely noticed, but Syracuse put up, I want to say like 45 points in their first two games and pretty much with ease. Uh, I don't think that they've been slowed down much. And obviously again, they're probably both at home, probably easing into the season, but that's kind of impressive from a team that you don't really give a second thought to. So, uh, you know, I think that one could be a lot of fireworks as well. Syracuse Purdue. So keep an eye out for that one.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, definitely some exciting games outside of the five that we dug into and and it, of course it'll be another glorious saturday but wrapping it up with our um best picks and uh, and and things that we like on our end what should our pod pod be for the week after digging into those five games oh man my first reaction was the washington one i feel like we're kind of all all on the same side for that one what do you what do you think the I world against
1: Mel sure. Tucker. Yes. Yeah.
0: I pro Michael Penix and um, just pro their offense. So I yep, think, I, I think agree. we're going to lock that one in Washington minus 16, or it might be six and a, 16 and a half. Does half. Doesn't really matter? No. So I think they're going to score and they're going to win by three touchdowns. So that's, that's the, like that's it. the official pod pod for week three. Hopefully we, we go three and zero oh now.
2: I do have one that doesn't need to be a pod pod, but I do want to shed some light on it because we haven't touched on either of these teams. Uh, Florida state off to again, also a phenomenal start uh, beat up on whatever their FCS opponent was last week. And uh, they have pretty much another one coming up here. Uh, They're coming to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts to play at Boston college, which fun fact is like a mile from my, uh, from my apartment here. So, I will probably be able to hear the fireworks coming out of Jordan Travis and the team from the field there. They, uh, I saw the line right now was like 25 and a half, maybe 26. I see no chance in hell they don't win by at least four touchdowns. So I'm personally locking that in. If you want to go a little pod, 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 parlay, a little pod, pod, P, whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's just, I, I see no way that that doesn't happen.
1: And Boston College barely escaped Holy Cross last week.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And, um, by the way, it's Jaden Daniels at LSU, Jalen at our Jayhawks.
2: Jaden, thank you. Yes, I I knew I was, I was, I was too much on your, uh, your hype train of Kansas football that I kind of got my wires crossed there, Chris. So thank you for throwing me off. Going back to,
1: going back to the Sunflower State, you already touched on Kansas State earlier. I like them this week. That's a pick I'd like to throw out there. Minus five against Missouri, Missouri, um, You know this is going to be a step up in competition from Kansas State here, Um, but they are a very solid team. I think five points, even though they're at Missouri here. Uh, Missouri barely escaped their game last week. I like Kansas State minus five. Boom!
2: Put that on mine
1: too. And Sam, Sam, do you like that or no?
0: I like it. We can make the pod pod is one (laughs) double pod pod. We can make it a pod 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 pod.
2: I'm sure if we made them all teasers, Sammy would be, so <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> you're
0: not wrong, but yeah, I'm, I'm down. I don't know really too much about those teams, but let's rock it. That's
2: the best kind of game. So we, right there. so we got
0: double pod pods for y'all this week. We got Washington covering their 16, 16 and a half. And then K state minus five.
1: This and my fail miserably, but I like it.
0: And then, um, I shared earlier my six point teaser with Colorado minus 16 and a half and then over 53 and then the Minnesota team total under 21 and then also the Washington first quarter under 13. I do have a fun little parlay that that'll that'll make Saturday even more exciting. It's going to be a what is that five leg parlay Liberty money line against Buffalo UNC money line Toledo Syracuse. I'm glad you brought up Syracuse, McCo. and then JMU is only minus one or plus one against Troy. All of those uh, together is plus eight thirty eight. So let's rock it. Let's let's get going on the on the the parlay the, the parlay train.
2: I do love that saying. I must say, I'm kind of out on parlays after I put Buffalo minus <laughs> fifteen hundred last week against 21. Fordham, a lowly school from the Bronx, and they could not get it done uh Fordham went into Buffalo and uh and came out with a win so I'm off on parlays for a minute but uh I do I do like the sound of plus 838
1: Sam and I've got two more picks I know we're flooding the listeners with picks here um well, they're dropping Toledo, down buddy Toledo was one of them I like Toledo I like them a lot this year minus eight against San Jose State coming east to the glass bowl um toledo looking strong they almost beat illinois lost by two points in week one to them they obliterated uh texas southern i believe uh, an fcs school 71 to three last uh last week i really like the rockets at home and then my other pick so we talked about Bama at the beginning bama minus 35 over south florida with the the minute i saw saban walk off the field i'm like oh God bless the team they're playing next week. And it's South Florida, one of their few actually non-conference road games that they've had under Bam, uh, under uh, Saban. That's already moved from 32 to 35. I think they're, although they've got some issues, they absolutely have the talent, obviously, to blow them out, USF. So I'm going to take 35 um, in Bama's direction. Agreed.
0: Love it. So that's our, that's our picks for the weekend. We'll uh, we'll share the results just like we did last week on our Instagram. Shoot us a follow, shoot us a DM, whatever, love to engage. But before we wrap it up, of course we can't leave an episode without our good old college football fun facts or traditions or just random little bullet points that we have. And I'll, I'll kick it off. Keep in the state of Florida. I, I, I had a dumb moment where I knew Gatorade was made at the University of Florida, but I never put it together that it was Gatorade, and I feel very dumb for thinking that, so just because of that, I had to look up another fun fact for the University of Florida, and on campus, they house the... um, it's like the state conservatory for bats. So if you want to look for bats, go nowhere else but Gainesville.
1: All right. All right. Gainesville. Um, the epi- stay center. away from Gainesville now. Thank you. So, so we learned that South Alabama is the epicenter of squish ball or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the bats in Florida. All right. Mine's around West Virginia, pit, the backyard brawl first game ever 1895 like i said this is one of the better rivalries out there west virginia beat the western university of pennsylvania they weren't pit at the time Eight nothing did you know that back then and then until 1912 touchdowns were only four points i thought that was interesting this isn't rugby right <laughs> right um but yes i think that was really what i i had never i didn't know that and i think this is a. A good you know I'm. it was either Iowa Iowa State or a backyard brawl like this that got me researching you know low scoring old football rules school uh old football rules so really interesting stuff should be a good game
2: I love those early eight or I'm sorry late 1800s early football matchups where you know they're picking schools that don't know how to play the game and like, hey, come on over. We'll teach you football. And how many points should this
1: be? <laughs> no, that's hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, at least uh, at least Pitt was, I guess, taking it easy on West Virginia, only counting four points per touchdown. But no, that's uh, that is indeed a fun fact. You got one, Mako? Oh, good question. Um, I don't really have a fun fact. Um, sorry, I was just pulling up my notes on my side. I don't. Uh, I'm not as good with the research as you guys. As you know from going to college with me, uh, but I do have a couple bullet points on. I guess really just what's on everybody's mind early in the season. Who can they still bet on for the Heisman? I think it's coming down kind of to a two-man race already. And I could, I will definitely be wrong, but you got the unsurprising Caleb Williams, but also could be, uh, could be a little bit out of there because we've never had a, or it's been 40 years since we've had a back-to-back Heisman winner. And then also Shadur Sanders, who I think very much deserves every right of being in the top two or three people in the Heisman conversation. I think they're a lot of fun to watch, both of them. Um, other names to keep in mind, Quinn Ewers after that huge game against Alabama with Texas. Uh, Penix, who we mentioned. J.J. McCarthy, I'll give him some love. He's been nothing but solid and consistent for Michigan, even though we said they're not really exploding um, off the field. Like, they are probably – Prime to do later on this season. Hopefully not against us. Uh, Jordan Travis, FSU. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame. And then, as I said a long time ago, Will Howard, Dark Horse, Kansas State. Uh, I don't know. Just a, a very fun to watch, and that's what the Heisman is these days. Unfortunately, it's just the the best quarterback on the most exciting team, pretty much. But I think all those guys are in a very good position thus far, and we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it.
0: Love it. Well great episode boys thanks everybody for for listening really excited for a, a great week three and and so on for for the best best sport in the world best time in the year so um, until next time thanks thanks everybody for listening and and we'll see you next week I love it thanks boys.